On a night where lightning delayed the Monday night football game between the Chargers and Raiders for 35 minutes, the Raiders' offense was anything but lightning in the first half of the game. On the other side, the Bolts, living up to their name, took a 21-0 commanding halftime lead. What is going on, everybody out there? Welcome back to the Ponit Show. As always, I'm your wonderful, beautiful, good-looking host today, Chris. And we're back here for another great episode. We're talking Monday Night Football. We're talking fantasy football. We're talking one of the new segments on the show, The Graveyard. Stay tuned for such great content that it might blow you out of the water and make you rethink your entire life and why aren't you following, subscribed, listening to this show. Let's get right into it. Alright guys, we had a beautiful Monday Night Football game against the Chargers and Raiders this week. Raiders were going in at 3-0 against the 2-1 Chargers. And... It's been a pretty common theme when I do these these primetime reactions the next day. Game did not go how was I expected, as it seems to be going throughout the whole the whole year so far. But the Raiders got off to a horrific start. Um, let's just say they had more penalty yards than offensive yards in the first half of the football game. So that should pretty much tell you the story right there. I mean, it was not pretty. It was just sack after incomplete pass, after Josh Jacobs' one-yard rushes. I mean, they couldn't get anything going offensively. The Chargers, on the other hand, they got off hot, a hot start. Um, like I said, they were up 21-0 at halftime. Um, Parkham had a four-yard receiving touchdown early in the first quarter. The Chargers led a methodical first drive, took off a significant amount. I think it was about seven minutes off the clock in the first, in the first drive of the game. Herbert looked good. Man, he looks real good. He's he's got that such good offense. He was dicing it up. Herbert had an all-or touchdown at Jared Cook, uh, Mister Veteran Jared Cook. Don't put it past him. I'm telling you, he he'll come out at any time and he'll have a good game. But moving on, we also had Austin Eckler who scored, and then that capped off the Chargers scoring for a, a total of 21 to zero at halftime score. As I spoke about in the intro, the game was delayed for about 35 minutes due to lightning which is honestly quite interesting because uh, SoFi Stadium, brand new stadium, billion dollar stadium, it's a, it's a dome. So it's, it's completely closed. So it kind of confused me why there was even a delay. But, you know, that's the NFL for you. The no fun league. You can't play when there's lightning strike, even though, you know, you got a team called the Chargers, nicknamed the Bolts. How perfect would that have been? The bolts on the field with lightning striking the background, Herbert tossing dimes. It would have been great. But either way, a good first half for the Chargers. They ran the ball well. Eckler looked good all game. Herbert was hitting every other every every, every person on the team. As I said, he hit Parkham. Don't even know his first name for a four-yard receiving touchdown early in the game. He hit his other tight end, Jared Cook, so he uses tight ends early and often. And then he hit Austin Eckler on a wheel route, and that pretty, pretty much uh, summed up their first half, 21-0. On the flip side, Raiders just did not look good. Jacobs got the start. He was a game-time decision. He was getting carries after carries. They were trying to establish the running game. He was only getting one, three yard, one two, three yards a carry. Wasn't looking good for him. And once the, the Raiders got down big, obviously you can't really keep running the ball. You got time against you, so... 
So that pretty much sums up the first half. Didn't Nothing really special going on for the Raiders. Like I said, they had more penalty yards than offensive yards for the Raiders in the first half. I mean, that's terrible. I mean, we were. it was a quarter into the game, and the Raiders didn't have a single yard of offense. Single. Single yard. So, really brutal first half for the, for the Raiders. Especially against the Chargers, the big divisional game. Raiders trying to get the 4-0 and, and keep that divisional divisional lead on them for first place. But moving on to the second half, it's, I, I tell you, it's like, I don't know what happens in these locker rooms where these professional teams and these NFL guys, they walk in the locker room and someone says something. Something's got to go down. I don't know if it's, hey guys, you know, free steak and vino on me tonight. I'm paying for everyone if we go out there and win this game. I don't know what John Gruden's going back there saying. I don't know if he's... I don't even want. I don't even want to know what he's passing out or offering to these guys because they came out of that halftime and it's like they flipped a switch. They come out in the game, and they come out with two street touchdowns. One to Hunter Renfro, he had a nice touchdown catch, and another one to Darren Waller, who they just lobbed it up to in the in the corner of the end zone, and Waller went up and got it. Um, speaking about Renfro, just wanted to touch on him for a minute. Man, he's a really underrated guy. He he constantly he he's never had that big season. I believe it's his third year. Came out of Clemson. It's his third year in the league, maybe fourth, but I think it's his third. And he's never really had that breakout season. He's he's been around six to eight hundred yards pretty much every year, but he's never really had that breakout season where you know he topped a thousand yards. But he's a good good receiver for that Raiders offense. He kind of fits that Danny Amendola, that 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 slot receiver. Good role where he just gets in between the tackles and can make those big time those big time catches. They even call him third and Renfro because he's one of Carr's big time targets on third down. Just want to touch on him though. He's very underrated. But moving on, um, so I said Hunter Renfro had that and Darren Waller. So it was twenty one to fourteen. Got happened quickly. Raiders were only down by a touchdown, and then there was a couple defensive stops. A couple team the uh, Chargers went for it on fourth and down once or twice. And um, the Raiders got the, the the ball back. I want to say it was pretty good field field position, maybe maybe fifty yard line, forty yard line, or something like that. And they ended up settling, going for a fifty two yard field field goal attempt by Daniel Carson, who's been really good this year. He had some kind of streak. I think it was eighteen or something in the in the high teens of consecutive streak of making. And I swear, every time the announcer brings up a streak for like that for a kicker, every time. It's like the kicker just all of a sudden, oh, and just freaks out. Wait, what sport am I playing? What are you doing, man? I don't know. I I guess it's just a coincidence, but it's funny. It happened with Justin Tucker a couple weeks ago, or maybe it was last year. I just remember them talking about it. He had this crazy streak going, and and as soon as the announcer talked about it, he missed it. But So Carson missed the field goal. Chargers got really good field position back about their forty yard about their forty yard line, so they had good field position, and that was pretty much the game from then out. Um, they had a couple, they had a good drive. Austin Eckler capped it off at eleven yard touchdown run with five minutes left in the game, and um, after that, Raiders got the ball down. They were down fourteen points, and Carr, you know, had to drop back and try to make some plays. They were down fourteen points with less than five minutes. So he was dropping back, throwing, trying to throw some deep balls, and he missed Rugs on a deep ball on the right sideline, and that would have been a big play. Maybe gave him a chance to get back in that game, maybe an onside kick or just get a stop on defense, something like that. But it ends up ending with a 
Derwin James, he uh, sealed the game with an interception. Good to see him back on the field. I believe he missed like the last, two of the last three seasons or something. He, he tore his Achilles or some big time injury, ACL or Achilles. I believe it was an Achilles or something. And he just, he hasn't been on the field a lot. And he's a really young, promising rookie in a couple years ago. So it's good to see him back on the field. And it's really good to see him, you know, making plays for his team. But overall, that, that pretty much wraps up the game. The Chargers won the game of a score of 28-14. to 14. They beat the Raiders. Now the Chargers and Raiders are atop the division. Chargers do have the tie record, obviously, since they beat them. So Chargers are in first place. And then Raiders uh, would be in second. Chiefs are 2-2. Two and two. Uh, actually, I guess the Broncos would be tied with the Raiders, both at 3-1. and one. Then you got the Chiefs at 2-2. Two and two. But um, that was a good game. It was a good game. Not, not how I expected it to go. I, I, I really did think it was going to be a shootout. I thought Herbert and Carr were going to be exchanging blows pretty much the whole game. But once the Chargers got out to that that 21-0 deficit, it's kind of... I don't know if, if, the, if the Chargers kind of took their foot off the gas... Uh, in the second half and you know stop trying as hard or something but Raiders got right back into it maybe it was just Carr making some good throws but they got right back into it and unfortunately it just wasn't enough and Chargers were victorious in this one 28 to 14. Alrighty y'all jumping right into our next segment we're gonna be talking about what we learned from week four. So the first thing I want to talk about is Kyler Murray and the Cardinals and how I think that they're legit Super Bowl contenders. Uh, in week four, we had the three and Rams meeting the three and Cardinals, and I had the I picked the Rams, and I think a lot of people picked the Rams. Rams obviously are an our Super Bowl contender. They look legit. They got Stafford, Donald, Ramsey, Woods, Cup. I mean, these guys got star-studded team all over, and the Cardinals took it to them. They really did. They beat them bad, and at one point they were up two touchdowns, I believe, maybe even more, maybe two and a half, maybe maybe seventeen. I think they were up at one point, but it was bad. And Kyler, I tell you what, man, he is crazy to watch. He he's scrambling around the pocket like like he's a magician. Like it blows my mind how how quick he is. And you know what, guys, I'm just gonna say it straight up. I didn't know Houdini was playing quarterback for the Cardinals. So, like, I mean, it's unfair at this point. But that's what that's what uh, Cliff Kingsbury saw in him, and that's what the Cardinals saw in him. And now he's he's doing wonders. And they they got AJ Green there now. They got DeAndre Hopkins. They've got James Conner coming there making plays for him. Chase Edmonds. Their offense looks legit, looks scary. And their defense with Chandler Jones and all these guys. I mean, they're not they don't have the best defense in the world, but Kyler Murray and that offense can definitely make up for it. So definitely think that Kyler Murray and the Cardinals, I definitely think that, you know, they're they're here, they've arrived, and they're ready to go. Uh, moving on on a more negative side, I think Baker Mayfield, I don't think will ever be a Super Bowl winning quarterback. I mean, I just don't, I don't believe in him. I don't think, I think he's an average quarterback. Maybe I think he's above average. Excuse me. I don't think he's an average quarterback. I think he's an above average quarterback. I just don't see him making the playoffs and having a deep run. Sure, he can make the playoffs. He proved it last year. But I just don't see him making a big run. I'm a big believer where you need a, you need a, a big time passer to win a Super Bowl. Or you need, maybe not a passer, big time passer. I mean, I would say 95% of the time you're going to need someone like that. But in today's day and age, you got a guy like Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson. I think those guys can win championships only because not only are they good with the throwing the ball. Honestly, some may say they're better than Baker throwing it. But they also provide that that different value of, of running the ball and giving their team second chances all the time by running around in that pocket and giving, them, giving their team second chances. 
But in four games this year, Bakes only got 935 passing yards. He's got a 2-2 two to two touchdown interception ratio. And he's got a rating of 95.9, which isn't bad, but the rest of his stats are not pretty. 2-2. Two to two, I mean, you're not gonna, you're not gonna. Sure, they're three and one, but you're not gonna, you're not gonna make the playoffs and go deep into the playoffs with that that type of ratio. Sure, he's gonna obviously end up with a, a decent and good ratio, but uh, it's just not gonna work, and it's not gonna bring you to the Super Bowl. And I just think that sure they have a great running running duo there with the the two the two headed monster there with Hunt and Chubb. But I think when it really counts, and if they get down by a couple a couple scores, I don't think Bake has it in them to lead it down. Moving on, I think the Cowboys are officially here. They're back. They haven't been. They haven't looked this good since since the Romo days with Dez, and they 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 look really good. And uh, I mean, I'm not excited about it. I'm a Giants fan, but uh, like I said, they're they're here. Dak looks really good. Their defense looks a lot better. Trayvon Diggs is a monster. He's got five picks through four games. And they've had a couple, they, they, listen, they easily could be 4-0. If Greg Zerline didn't miss a couple kicks, you know, if they, if they didn't give Brady as much time in that first week in that game, they could be 4-0 right now. But nevertheless, they barely lost to the Bucks, And then they rattled off three straight wins, and they've had some good wins. So they beat the Chargers. You know, they've had some good wins in there. So the Cowboys are here. Uh, moving on, Mac Jones, he's arrived as well. I, I, I said it in my my last episode, and I'll say it again. I really some I really at one point thought to my like I didn't realize Mac Jones was playing quarterback for the Patriots, and I thought it was Tom Brady. At one point, I looked up and I said, I didn't say it obviously, but I thought in my head, I thought Brady left. Then I, I'm I'm like, oh, I'm an idiot. That's Mac Jones. But like I said, it's a tall and athletic white guy. So you know what it looks like it looks like Tom Brady. The only difference is it says Jones on the back instead of Brady. But Mac Jones looked really good. He was he he kept up with Brady in that game, and honestly, he he honestly, I'm not gonna say he should have won, but he could have won that game. He looked really decisive. He honestly played a little bit like Brady, taking the checkdowns, playing like an NFL quarterback, not taking stupid, stupid deep shots, throwing the ball over, you know, sticking with himself, knowing what he could do. And I think Mac Jones in that era is just starting here in New England, and I think it's gonna be a long time for him in New England. Uh, another quarterback topic we got Jameis, and again I don't think he can lead the Saints team to the to, I don't think he can lead the Saints offense in general, and sure the Saints might sneak in the playoffs just because of how good their surrounding staff is, especially when Michael Thomas comes back. They got Kamara, they got that good defense with Lattimore and Cameron Jordan, Demario Davis, all those guys. But I wouldn't be surprised if if Winston doesn't make the playoffs with this team. I mean I think he's the same guy that that they had in Tampa. People, people wanted to use that excuse of, you know, he got laser eye surgery and he, he's going to see 2020 now. I just don't buy it. I'm not buying it. So I'm, I'm just not buying it. He, he hasn't, he, besides that first game, he hasn't looked anything impressive. Taysom Hill, had, I think two touchdowns last week. They're, they're not even t- bringing Jamison in the red zone. They don't even want him to throw the ball. They're bringing Taysom in. I mean, this offense is just struggling and I don't see him doing anything with this offense. And I honestly wouldn't be surprised they don't make the playoffs. Uh, moving on, the next thing is is basically toward this, you know, in a hyperbole kind of way, Big Ben should basically be washing dishes because, I don't know, he's washed up. Scrub, 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 wash, wash, wash. He's washed up, ladies and gentlemen. I, I got a lot of respect for Big Ben. I mean, he's had some questionable choices in the past. Uh, I, I'm not going to leave that case up to the courts to decide. I think we all know what I'm talking about here. But if I'm a football aspect, 
Um, Big Ben, he's had a great career in Pittsburgh. He's won them a Super Bowl. So you can't disrespect him and, and you know, just call for him to cut him or something. But he's definitely he's definitely not the player he was, clearly. He can't get the ball down the field. Their play calling's abysmal. It's they're going quick slants on fourth and fives, the juju over the middle. It's it's just bad to watch. Najee Harris is getting ten catches a game because Big Ben's just checking down to him. Big Ben's washed, guys. And it's time to move on from him and the Steelers after the season. And lastly, something I'm gonna make a, a whole video on later in the in the future is Lamar Jackson. Guys, I'm sick and tired of the Lamar Jackson hate. All right, TJ, if you're watching this, I know you feel me, bro, because you've been you've been you've been getting this slack since he was the day he was drafted. Enough with the Lamar hate, guys. Enough. Lamar is here as a passer, and he's here as a runner. I'm not gonna sit here and call him an elite passing passer, but enough with the disrespect. Enough with the disrespect. Lamar is a good passer. And I'm going to prove it to you real quick with a couple stats, but I'll do a more in-depth video. Um, a lot of people forget that Lamar led the league in passing touchdowns in 2019. You don't do that if you're a bad passer, guys. You just don't do it. He has a career rating of 101.1. Guess what Aaron Rodgers' career rating is, guys? 103.9. Tom Brady has a lower career rating than Lamar Jackson. Sure, Lamar's only been in the league, what is it now? Three years? Four years? Four years, I think? Maybe, yeah, four years? But still, how can you constantly berate this man and tell him he sucks it as a, as a passer, he's not a good quarterback when he's throwing the ball, when all he does is produce numbers? We're looking at the numbers, guys, and, and I'm a big believer in numbers don't lie. And, you know, when he first got drafted, I'm not going to lie to you guys, even his second year in the league, I didn't believe he was a good passer either. And he, honestly, he wasn't that good. He had his fair share of mistakes. He threw some interceptions. But like I said, in 2019, he led the league in passing touchdowns. He won unanimous MVP, guys. You don't do that if you're not a good passer. So get that through all your, your thick, stubborn hole, your stick. Thick, stubborn skulls. Lamar Jackson's here. He's a good passer. He's ready to roll. Ravens look good this year. Lamar's putting that whole team on his back. But that's about it for this. We're going to go right on to the next segment for you. So our next segment is one of our newest segments. We're going to be doing this every single week, and it's called The Graveyard. Folks, this is a segment where we're going to be talking about all the players who died in the previous week. Yeah, I know. It's very sad. Very solemn segment. Listen, if uh, nobody should be laughing because this is serious stuff. You know, I can't believe that we have... Let me see how many do we have. Guys, we have, we have, we have 10 deaths this, this week. 10 deaths. When's the last time 10 people died in a football game? In a week of football games? Not often. But on a serious note, guys, this is called the graveyard. We're going to be talking about uh, key injuries to star players. Obviously, this is going to be a lot more injuries than this, but we're, we're just going to be talking about a rundown every single week of the key injuries to the star players, and we're going to jump right into it. So first, we're starting off with the, the Buccaneers cornerback, Carlton Davis. He had a quad injury. I don't know if you guys were watching the game. It looked ugly. You can kind of see he was running. He kind of pulled up, and you could see his his left quad, I think it was, just, you could see it just, almost just pop. 
I mean, obviously, it's no quad pops, but you could just see, like, the quad of his leg just shake or whatever you want to call it. And it didn't look good. It really didn't. And he fell right to the ground, and I don't know how long he's going to be out. Did not look pretty, but jumping right through, this could be kind of a quick segment. Um, we got the Redskins tight end, Logan Thomas. He pulled his hamstring, rolled out for the game immediately, pretty much in the first half. Didn't look good for him. Um, they're going to be looking for a, look for a fantasy opportunity there for tight end. Because they're only they only really got Terry McLaurin and I think they got Curtis Samuel back. Offense is is looking like it could use some help, so keep an eye out there for some fantasy help. Moving right along, we got Bears running back David Montgomery. He had a scary knee injury. It looked bad. It looked really bad. It looked like he snapped his AC on half. But he was ruled out immediately. But reports came out and they, they said they he avoided an ACL tear, so that's good. Um They said uh hyperextended knee, they think. But not 100%. Uh, they're still doing tests, so we'll see. Uh, Broncos quarterback Teddy Two Gloves Bridgewater. He had a concussion. He was ruled out of the game. Took a bad hit by you playing the Ravens. Defensive lineman came right up the middle, knocked them in the head. And it's weird because they usually are, the referees are pretty good with those types of calls. Honestly, most of the time, they're way too over the top. Especially when there's a guy like Teddy Bridgewater who, I mean, there's a guy running down the middle. And, you know, Teddy's basically saying, oh, I'm dead. I'm dying on this play. And... The refs let him die, and here he is on our graveyard because he's getting buried. So, big time injury for the Broncos. Drew Lock came in through a pick, looked terrible, just just terrible. So, yeah, Teddy. Hopefully, he's back for the Broncos. 49ers quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo. He was ruled out with a calf injury. Uh, Trey Lance came in. I'll be talking about him later in the show. Trey Lance came in, looked good, but Jimmy G. He had a calf injury he, in the press conference. He just he wasn't happy about it. He said. That is, these injuries are getting old. Got a little emotional. Feel bad for the guy. I mean, he played one full season in the 49ers, made it to the Super Bowl. Other than that, he's kind of been injured on and off towards ACL the first year there. And just feel bad for the guy. But he's dead, so it is what it is. Packers cornerback Jair Alexander suffered a, sol- a shoulder AC joint injury. Timeline unknown right now. He's kind of week to week. They're doing tests, though. They're still running tests. But Jair is dead, so that sucks for the Packers. Dolphins wide receiver Will Fuller. I mean, listen, I don't even know why. He should have been dead last year. Somebody should have just went out and, and killed him. He's a cheating scumbag. All right? we, don't, we don't like cheating scumbags on this show. Will Fuller, enough with the steroids, man. All right, he injured his hand. It's probably, guys, probably just shot up more steroids in his hand. Maybe that's what happened. But, yeah, he's dead. Browns left tackle Jedrick Willis. That's a big blow for them. He had an ankle injury, left the game early. Not too sure how serious this one is. Hopefully, he'll be back in a week or two. Maybe he'll be right back next week. But Willis is Dredrick's dead. Cowboys cornerback Trayvon Diggs, who had a big game. He had a two-interception game. He left the game with back tightness. Um, uh, Coach Mike McCarthy came out and said that it was precautionary. They pulled him out. I mean, the Cowboys were up big. No really reason to keep him in. McCarthy said that he could have returned. So I'll say he's I'll say he's on his deathbed. Didn't quite die yet. And lastly, a giant safety Jabril Peppers. He suffered a hamstring injury. Left early in the game. And Jabril had that cool overtime clip where they flipped a coin and he got hyped after they won the toss. That was cool to see. It's nice to see players showing emotion like that, even the even from coming from Giants players who were Owen who were Owen three going into that game. So, but Jabril, uh, Drew, Jabril unfortunately passed away last 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 Sunday. So, you know, keep him in our prayers. But so that's uh, that pretty much sums up the the graveyard. Look for this segment every week. It's a cool little segment I thought of, and uh, we're going to jump right into the next segment here. Last segment in today's show, we're going to be talking about the waiver wire. 
Got a couple of waiver wire pickups for you this week. Nothing too crazy. We really haven't had that that top waiver wire pickup that there really is kind of almost every year. For example, last year we had James Robinson, who finishes a top five back. If not top five, I'm pretty sure he was. He was definitely top ten, but regardless, big time pickup off the waiver wire for some team. Really haven't had that this year. But we do have a couple guys who are getting some opportunity due to injury. First, we're going to have talk about Bears running back Damian Williams. As we know from when we were talking about the graveyard, uh, David Montgomery had that knee injury. So Damian Williams is going to get an opportunity here for a, for a couple weeks, it looks like. Um, he he saw he saw a couple he saw one good goal line carry and he turned it into a four yard touchdown even when Montgomery was healthy so they still they obviously trust Williams in the red zone and the goal line carries so that's good he averaged seven yards per carry in that game and like I said Montgomery is looking to miss a week or two and if he does I think Williams kind of plunges into an RB2 spot and I think it'd be a good plug and play for teams who need a running back or just someone they want to throw at their flex or just keep for depth, use for a trade piece, stuff like that. Sticking with the, the running back position, Latavius Murray. He was signed by the Ravens when they had all those brutal injuries. But he's now emerged kind of as the Ravens lead back. Uh, Tyson Williams was a healthy scratch, which was surprising in week four for the Ravens. Uh, Harbaugh said it was because he wanted to, to give Le'Veon Bell a chance to show himself. But I don't know, why would you? It just doesn't make sense to scratch him. But so Tyson was scratched. Le'Veon didn't do much. Latavius Murray received 18 carries, and he had himself a touchdown. So in this in this heavy run scheme offense for the Ravens, look for Latavius Murray to get some work and to be a safe pl- safe play for if you want to plug him in your flex spot or plug him in at your RB two. Look for him to be a safe floor type of of running back for you. Uh, moving on to the next running back, we have Samaje Pirine. Who the only really real reason that he's kind of getting this this opportunity is because Joe Mixon, he went down with an injury, uh, ankle injury. He's week to week right now. Didn't really. I should have honestly included him in the graveyard, but at the time nobody really knew about his injury, and it just got ruled that he was week to week. So we'll see what happens with Mixon. But the Bengals got two good matchups for running backs coming up. They're playing the Packers and the Lions. So look for Samaj P. Ryan to be an RB2 or a flex at worst if Mixon misses some time in those two matchups. Only where it would really be if the Packers went down, if the Bengals went down against the Packers, like big, and they kind of abandoned that, that run offense when they're trying to run the ball. But either way, P. Ryan should get some work uh, out of the out of the backfield as a pass catcher. So look for P. Ryan to get some, get some good looks this week. Uh, moving on to, uh, we got a couple wide receivers for you. First one is A.J. Green. He's he's quietly seen six targets in every single game this year, which in an explosive offense like the Arizona Cardinals, that's something that you want a piece of. That's an explosive offense. It's almost like when people say you want a piece of that of that Rams offense. You want Cooper Cup. You want Rubber Woods. You want Tyler Higby. You want one of those pieces. Well, I'm going to say the same here about A.J. Green. He's seen at least six targets in every game, and he's topped at least... 13 fantasy points in every game besides the first one, which is his first game with the with the Cardinals, you know. Still getting the hang with it, so stuff like that. But So look for A.J. Green to be an all-safe, you know, veteran player who's going to get you some points every week. See if you can grab him in your in your, in your waiver wire uh, leagues. Next receiver, we got Darnell Mooney. I've had him stashed, actually, on my on one of my teams for quite a while. He hasn't seen the starting lineup for any of my, any of my leagues, but 
I drafted him late in in my draft, and I wanted to see what you know what he could do. So I didn't drop him, and he finally he broke out for big time. He had over a hundred receiving yards, and he's seen five targets in three or four games this year. And with his speed and his people were saying, you know, he's the next Tyree kill. I mean, that's a lot of pressure to throw on someone. But I think they're just talking about in terms of his game-breaking speed. Seeing five targets with that kind of speed, it can always lead to something big. So looking for him to be a big, like, boom player. Could we have some busts some weeks, but he could also boom and have some big games like he did last week. Another boost to, to Mooney is, uh, is Justin Fields. He's now playing quarterback. And, you know, Matt Nagy says when Dalton comes back, he's going to be the starter. And that's just horrible. I mean, it's just horrible. Horrible. How could you bring that stupid ginger back onto the freaking field when you got Justin Fields slinging the ball? I mean, what, do you have 200 yards? How could you bring that ginger back? I mean, gingers are never good. Let alone be at your quarterback? Come on. Miss me with that. And to wrap up today's show and continuing on the quarterback talk, we're going to talk about a big a big addition to some teams who are in need of a starting quarterback in their fantasy football league. We got 49ers quarterback Trey Lance. Only reason this guy's available is because not available, excuse me. The only reason this guy is going to be a pickup this week is because of the injury to Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy G went down. He we don't know how long he's going to be out, but Trey Lance looked good. He's available in over for, over eighty percent of leagues, and he had 20, 20 fantasy points in one half, guys. Twenty fantasy points in one half. That's great. He also had seven carries for forty one rushing yards. So look for him to give you that safe floor that you always would like from a quarterback. Maybe I'll give you a couple rushing touchdowns here or there, give you an extra five points in rushing yards. That's always nice to have from your quarterback. He he's gonna be the starter. I mean, he had 20 points in one half. He's in a in a good in a good offense run by Kyle Shanahan. So look for him to to definitely get some some work and see if you can grab him in your league if you're in need of quarterback. Alrighty, guys, that pretty much wraps up today's show. I hope everybody enjoyed, got a couple laughs, got some good football knowledge. Really enjoyed this today's show. Thought we got a lot of energy going. Looking forward to the next slate of games coming up next week. Also, guys, quick update on my weekly pickums. As you guys know, I hope if you're following along, guys know that I have a punishment if I don't get 10 of 16 teams picked correct. Well, this week's games came down to the wire. It came down to the Sunday night and Monday night football game. But I snuck out with 10 picks correct, so I just snuck into the safe zone. And luckily, I don't have to go head-to-toe and skippy peanut butter and jump into a freezing cold lake in October. So that's great, but look for me. I'm going to keep just, I'm going to push this punishment to the next week. Whenever I complete the punishment, I'll put a new one up. But for this one, I'm just going to push it to the next week. So stay tuned for those next weekly pickums. Should be releasing those on the Friday podcast, uh, Football Fridays. And look for that on my TikTok as well. If you haven't already, head over to my Instagram, head over to my TikTok. It's the same thing, at The Ponage Show, spelled P-W-N-A-G-E show. Check over those, hit a follow button. Hopefully you get a couple good laughs. I'm posting some good content there, especially on my TikTok. And before I head out, I just want to say one more thing. Uh, we got a big wild card game, Yankees-Red Sox on Tuesday night. So go Yanks, bring it back, and let's let's head over to the Rays, and let's, let's get a series going against the Rays. Go Yankees. All right, guys. Take care, brush that hair.